Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinhold Show, we talk about some of the techniques that we use to enhance dynamic stability. We talk about how we may change somebody's strength training program if they haven't had a good night's sleep. And we talked about... Measuring painful motion. How we, how we measure people when they have a painful arc in their range of motion. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, Perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We are up here at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. LennyMcCrina.com. Uh, well, no, his name's Lenny McCrina. Put .com at the end. I'm terrible at the intro. Dave Tilly, ShiftMovementScience.com. Dan Pope, Fitness Pain Free. MikeScaduto.com as well. We'll just keep going with that. And we have our three... What do you want to be? The three what? Dan, you're joining. Oh, my ears, good. Three blind mice. I like three, three blind mice. Like three, three blind mice. Three stooges. Three stooges, though. That's three derogatory. There is it, uh, but blind mice, I think the they're, they, I mean, they're, they need direction. <laughs> you know, they're tough here. But Brooks Klein from UNLV, our senior clinical student right now. He's been bossing these two around. It's like, four weeks senior. It's, like, it's like unbelievable. He's got like four weeks more experience than these guys. Haley Brinkman from the University of North Dakota and Matt Berkey, Birkenstein, Matty B from the University of Utah. Utah, North Dakota. I just two say, states that I forget exist every now and then. I saw someone in the coffee shop in Beverly from Brooksby Village. I'm throwing it out there. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Dave's trying to make this a recurring theme. Just saying. Brooksby Village. I do like Brooksby. Why don't we just call you Brooksby? Brooksby, take it away, buddy. Mary Kate from New Jersey. Mike and friends, what are some of your favorite exercises or manual therapy techniques for athletes who need to improve dynamic stability? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> right, so what are our favorite drills to enhance dynamic stability? That was an upper or lower specific. It's just in general? In general. Whew, who wants to start? It's a big one. Did you say not me? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm out. I'm the bucket category first for exercise. I think that it's important to do like feedback and feed forward where like they're producing the error and then reacting to an error. I think that's important to do both. I like that, Dave. There you go. So Dave incorporates feedback and feed forward. Give us a couple Shout examples. Give us a couple examples. Like uh, like jump like jump court to turn to a stick is more like they're they know it's coming versus like reacted med ball catch and throw is like they have to react and get it back. I like that. So make sure Shout you're adding out. both feedback and a feed neuro forward. professor in uh, Springfield College, Regina Coffin. That's a, that's a good that's a good one. Thank you, Regina. Hmm. Who's that, Glenn? You got it. Uh, we do a lot of dynamic. I mean, dynamic. We we do a lot of dynamic. <laughs> we do a lot of rhythmic saves too with our guys and girls. Um, you know, whether the post op early on, just you know, don't let me move you in different positions and in, in safe positions to doing full out, you know, bands or weights and we're doing, you know, some manual resistance and get that rhythmic stabilization going on at different positions. Particularly at end range when we know that they're gonna be a little bit more challenged to try to stabilize, especially in baseball, which is what we see I see a lot of. It's not a baseball um, episode. I know, I'm, I'm gonna make it a baseball episode. But that's what I see a lot of. So it, it comes down to we see a lot of hypermobile athletes, so it can be CrossFit, gymnastics, whatever. They need stabilization at end range. So the rhythmic staves to me has been very helpful. 
So that's a good one. So alternating isometric contractions, try to like have them kind of like hold a position in space. I think that's good. It's good proprioceptive, some spatial awareness. What about you guys? Are you still want to skip or no, you want to go now? Danny and some ideas. Well, I didn't want to start just because you guys are like kings of that. You know, it's like well, I feel you. like you guys yeah, do a ton of that really well. Um, one of the things that we try to do, Dave and I, we try to develop kind of our own specific drills for the sports that we see more of. So gymnastics for, for Dave and then also a lot of CrossFit, um, CrossFit gymnastics and Olympic weightlifting type stuff. So we'll do a lot of like bottoms up pressing, waiters walk with stabilizations, uh, multiple positions and Turkish get-ups and a lot of stabilizations while they're doing those exercises too. So we just made it more specific. We took your kind of system and just tried to adapt it to our, our athletes. Yeah, because we, we have a lot of like we have a lot of specific drills we've come up for baseball that replicates like their motions and stuff like that. So it's the same concept. So Mike, anything you want to add? Mike, you stave uh, the backswing of a golf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it right there. No, I think it's okay to, to get creative as long as the drills are safe. Um, but they probably should be uh, specific and should also progress over time. Um, so, like, I know Dan, one way Dan progresses with Nick Staves is, is by adding a, a weight and then going a bottoms-up kettlebell press. So I think it's, it's similar to strength training where it needs to be uh, progressed over time to start seeing increased benefits. Yeah, so, so I guess to summarize everybody, I, I, I would just say, like, I think the way we enhance dynamic stability, obviously, is we, we, we work on baseline strength first. That's one thing people didn't, like, say. We always kind of say a weak muscle can't stabilize. Everybody wants to get to, like, functional movement patterns and cool things on Instagram before they're ready to actually stabilize. But we do our baseline strength. But then, you know, we work on we work on the ability for them to perform a movement pattern with some outside forces to stabilize again. So whether that be rhythmic stabilizations, you know, using, uh, you know, an offset weight from the center of rotation of the exercise like a like a bottom-up kettlebell or something like that or like our you know trx rip trainer we use a good amount like you know stuff like that like those types of things you know i think it's about performing functional movement patterns whatever that may be it could just be elevation of your arm it could be you know trying to get an overhead press position it can be the backswing of a golf or a baseball throw whatever it may be and, and just having them perform that movement pattern and they have to stabilize to be able to to perform that with some outside forces. And oftentimes that's moving in one plane of motion, like for example, like the sagittal plane, but, it, but being able to stabilize in the other two planes. Right, so we focus on that a lot, right? So I, I you know, putting all together, we do a bunch of like rhythmic stabilizations, perturbation-based training, where we're trying to get them to to react to outside forces while they do a pattern, right? We use we do use feedback and feed forward loops like that, and then you know we try to progress them over time and, and use some functional movement patterns. So you know I think overall you know good good answer putting us all together. So awesome, good. What's next, Haley? Rick from North Bay, when rehabbing an injury, when would it be wise to skip a strength day if the patient slept poorly? Ooh, where's North Bay? That's a good question. California? North South Bay. Bay. North of the Bay. Lots anywhere, of anywhere you want. I wonder if there's multiple <laughs> North Bay. There's a lot of Bay. Is it Rick? Yes. Rick. Rick Grimes from North Bay. Um, Dan, you want to get this? Would it, do you ever skip, do you ever skip a session yourself personally because you got poor sleep, or or if not, what do you do? And then what do you do with your, with your patients, maybe? Oh, I think it really depends. You know, if it's a really important training day and you need to get some sort of stimulus, um, and you're not training enough throughout the course of the week, then you probably need to do it, maybe at a lower level. Uh, one of the things I do a lot for myself, and I try to educate my patients, is just keeping a training journal. So maybe not the uh, the most important in the initial stages of rehab, but once you start progressing along and you get into the point where Maybe you have a very stressful day, you didn't sleep, there's a lot of things going on in your life. 
Uh, you've already had a really good training um, session earlier in the week, and maybe a little bit later in the week, and say, you know what, maybe I'll take it off completely because I have a ton of things I need to get done, and I haven't slept, and I'm, I'm feeling horrible. Or you just go at a much lower intensity and just get the workout done. Um, I, I would say that I try not to skip workouts, you know. Um, try as, as best as you can. Try not to do that. Um, but I understand that sometimes life gets in the way. And I would say if you're if you're consistently missing workouts like that, maybe you just need to change your program to adapt better um, to what's going on in your life. Or just sleep better. <laughs> yeah. Jeepers. You know, if you look into that. But I, I, in my experience with professional sports, we, we actually, we tried to, uh, like we had our maintenance programs that we wanted to get done. Like, so let's just say we wanted to do a certain program twice a week, right? But then we it, we tried trying to time it, like based on workloads and potential, you know, uh, fatigue and stuff like that, which I think you can say is the same thing as sleep. And ultimately, we, we'd end up like skipping every now and then or pushing back. And then you'd end up getting like maybe six out of eight of your training sessions. And man, you just you just missed 25% of, of, your, of your stimulus that you said this person needs to maintain over the course of the season. So, you know, I, I think I agree with Dan. I think I, I would definitely do it. It's just maybe that's just not the day to, you know, to PR. But I, I mean, but that's okay. I mean, it's a roller coaster, right? Dave, anything anything else you'd add? Yeah, I think uh, we go through this a lot with um, gymnastics. Dan and I with CrossFit athletes is like there's like the long season and there's a lot of times when they're like they don't know if they feel 100%. But I feel like uh, it's really important to educate the athlete about how like they need to control the things they can. And then, you know, to a degree, like, you know, sleep is a huge part of it, like nutrition, hydration, like turning off your phone before you go to bed. Like, there's so many things that they probably aren't aware are affecting their ability to recover well for the next training session. And I find that maybe it's because I work with a lot of high school athletes that, like, usually that conversation is, like, a big eye-opener for them. And they're like, oh, yeah, maybe there's a lot more I could do before we say, okay, call it. So, like, all right, today we're going to pull back, but, like, you need to correct these three or four things and you don't want to have this problem keep happening. Yeah, the, well said, right? I mean, it's a, if this happens once, like, probably not a big deal. If this is a recurring theme, yeah. you got to make some changes. Problem. So, nice. Matty B. All right. Daniel from Texas. I have a question about measuring patient's shoulder range of motion when the patient is in a lot of pain with overhead motion. I have noticed that you can obtain sometimes 10 to 15 degrees of extra range of motion if you are willing to stretch a patient past the point where they are indicating they have a significant amount of pain. Where do you draw the line? Do you stop measuring when they are indicating a high level of pain, or do you try to obtain obtain more in thereby improve them and thereby improve the numbers improve yeah. that what's his name improve the, the numbers uh, daniel from texas daniel that's your post study sounds mean man we're trying to get more insurance visits <laughs> before or after the study has started we're trying to get more insurance visits i like that so you're, you're trying to improve i don't know i mean i, I mean what's it come down to you do you you, you, you want a number or do you actually oh, want man. the patient to like you ratio. Yeah. <laughs> put yourself in their position would you yeah. want to be lying on the table showing angles I, I see what you I see what you mean though. I know like, what he's trying to do like but. like what number would you use and say I mean if you're having pain I don't know if that's a good number right it I mean if it's a rotator cuff repair I am not pushing through if they're in a ton of pain <laughs> I am not pushing that's through that's a good that. point you know, so, you don't so, want to so you got one for 50 have to take a deep breath and then on the count of three you're getting at here look it's not about the numbers like I actually envisioned you right there, somebody like in a bunch of pain, you push and pass, they're screaming, you get your number, and then you go around high five and all the other PTs, and then, like, you just got that number. 170, and, baby. What? That was what my imagination just did right there. So uh, I, I think it comes down to if you're documenting range of motion, in my perspective, you want to document real range of motion or, or functional, or I, I don't know if that, what the right word is there. But, you know, if that's, you know, if you 
jamming them and they're having pain. I, I just don't know if that's actual real range of motion. So I probably wouldn't document that. But I'd say, like, you know, they have whatever, 140 degrees with pain, you know, or you say a pain end feel, which, which implies that you could probably go further, but we have pain. I, I don't think any of us push past, right? You guys? No. You know? But no. now there's, I mean, very rare times, right? Maybe you have an arthrofibrotic knee. Right, like somebody that's scarring up or something like that, and you actually do push them a little bit. I I feel like earlier in my career we used to we used to do that more, like knee replacement. We used to do that more, like where the people were like, cr- I mean, they were yeah. like biting towels. I don't know. I've, I I think we've kind of I think we've kind of you know realized that that's probably not the best way to, to get range of motion. I just feel like the research is is emerging, like for for tissue level stuff, but also like pain and empty end feels. Like consistency is way more important than intensity. Like I feel right. like. Even with like you know five five duration fifteen minute holds for knee extension and stuff like that, like the person consistently just doing it's going to be probably better in the long term than just like crushing them and having them be miserable for two days yeah, after. Absolutely, nice. That's good. Is that three? Man, time flies when you're having fun. Thanks, guys. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much again, guys. Head to MikeReynolds.com. Click on that podcast link. You can fill out the form to ask us questions. Anything you guys want to talk about. Keep them coming. We've got a bunch coming in every month, so keep them coming. We love it. Head to iTunes and Spotify. Review, subscribe, rate us, all those fun things. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.